This morning's topic or subject is Emmanuel and Emmaus, which sounds a bit of an unlikely pairing. It's a bit, um, in fact, sounds like a 70s uh, singing duo, really, sort of a bit like right up there with Peters and Lee and Rene and Renata, I think, probably. But, um, uh, and it's not, not necessarily the kind of topic you'd expect to hear this time of year. So Emmanuel's a bit what you'd expect to hear around Christmas time, Emmaus, sort of after Easter. Um, but it's, what it's about really is Emmanuel means uh, God with us, so God is, God is with us. And Emmaus is the story about um, the disciples on the road to Emmaus and they had Jesus with them and didn't even realize it. So um, God is with us and Jesus is with us and um, just kind of expanding on that really. Um, so if I could ask Pam to bring us our first reading please. And I didn't realise how long these readings were when I just jotted them down. But uh, so apologies for all these lovely ladies. <clears throat> so the first reading is Psalm 77, verses 1 to 20. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Amen. So, <clears throat> Psalm 77. Just um, that last, very near the very end of it. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. So probably most of us have read the footprints poem. And I don't propose to go through that because um, I'll be a, a blubbering wreck probably. But um, 
because uh, it always touches me, that, that poem. But um, it, it's all about God being with us and supporting us and carrying us when he needs to, whether we know it, whether we see it or not. So I think, um, can you start the first slide, Andy, please? So footprints, that's probably what it generally looks like in our minds, and that's how it generally works. A um, couple of sets of footprints, one's us, one's uh, God walking with us. So it's great to have God in our lives. It's great that he's walking with us. Uh, could you slide two? Um, sometimes it's so obvious it's in our lives that the footprint is that big, or so it appears anyway. So... Uh, um, that is a footprint in the sand and a half. Uh, next one. And then we get the times when our faith is kind of wavering a bit and um, <clears throat> we can't always see the footprints, we can't always see the sand. Um, and we, it's times when we're just really not sure or we can't see God there and we kind of um, question things, question ourselves. And then finally, <clears throat> the storms. So sometimes we can't see the, the sand at all. And um, this is where God puts us through the troubling times and through the storms. But we need to do that to be able to appreciate everything that he does for us. So if, can you just go back to the first one, Andy, again? So I might ask you to flip around between them, so sorry about that. <coughs> Okie doke. <coughs> Excuse me. So what, I'd, uh, what I wanted to do was... Um, just share a bit of my personal journey over the last few months. Um, so two things. One is, um, if it touches a raw nerve with anyone, um, I apologise, but if it upsets you at all, feel free to walk out. That's uh, quite acceptable. Yeah, not yet, David. Wait till I say a word first. <laughs> um, and secondly, it's not a question of my scars bigger than yours. I know there are people that hurt more, people that have experienced um, a lot worse than I've ever done, um, but it just helps me to kind of share what God's done with me over the last few months and um, how I'm sort of, uh, why I'm standing here sort of talking. Quiet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, God with us. So last, uh, so where are we? May last year, um, I'd had sort of lump in my leg for probably quite a few months. Um, and being a bloke, I obviously ignored it because it is going to go away or, or else it's going to suddenly become painful and I'll need to do, I can do something about it then. But it hadn't done and this had gone on for a while. So I went to see a doctor about a chest infection that I had actually and said, uh, oh, while I'm here, can you just have a quick look at that? So he had a look and had a bit of an examination and said, um, <clears throat> I think we'll have an ultrasound done. So I had an ultrasound scan done. Um, the ultrasound, yes, just looks like a, a fatty lump. So we'll, um, <clears throat> we'll just, uh, there's something there that's not quite right. So we'll send you for an MRI, well, sorry, referred me on to Warrington Hospital and sent me for an MRI scan just to try and get to the bottom of it and understand um, what it was all about. <clears throat> what the consultant said was well, a 95% chance it's just a, a fatty lump <clears throat> you'll need to go undergo surgery we'll remove that and um, everything's fine and dandy um, what actually happened was he said there's a 5% chance that it could be something a bit more sinister so we might need to refer you on to Birmingham if that's the case 
So I had an MRI scan, saw him about three or four days later, and lo and behold, it was in that 5%. So um, I was referred on to Birmingham, which is a specialist uh, soft tissue cancer um, centre, um, as well as being an orthopaedic unit. Um, so you just flip up slide four. <laughs> so this is all last... So July, that's what my life looked at. Oh, that's what looked like. That's what my head looked like anyway. I was just, I hadn't got a clue what was going on. Um, and I think the worst thing is not knowing. Um, I think if you know what's happening, you can do something about it. So the only thing that kept me calm and under control was God's presence in my life. And I've never really felt afraid, never felt scared. I've done lots of scenario building. Um, I've absolutely hammered Google. It's uh, hammered it to death because that's the first thing you do when you get something for the doctors. So... Um, but yeah, that was me last July. can flip back to the first one now. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I saw consultants in Birmingham. Um, he said, we'll need to operate. He was a bit more optimistic, so it's good to get a bit of uh, good news. He said it doesn't look as angry as it should be. Um, so, um, cut long story short, I had the operation in October um, to remove uh, a four-inch tumour from my leg. Um, and... Um, it, fortunately for me, it was really self-contained, so it was um, something very local that isn't likely to spread. It may reoccur in the same place in the future, um, but it's not going to spread anywhere else. So uh, it was a successful operation. I was off work for seven weeks, and now, as I stand here today, I feel fully fit. So that's kind of my journey the last few months, and as I say, I know... Um, I'm one of the kind of lucky ones, um, but I feel as though God's <clears throat> been there for me. He's supported me when through the stormy times. He's supported me. He's walked with me through other times. He's calmed my fears, uh, and at the end of the day, he's healed me. So I think when I finally uh, went back for the checkup this week, I felt like the man with the big footprints. I thought God's really uh, been there for me, and I really feel his presence in my life. So, um, apologies if it's upset anyone, it's just I wanted to share that because that's how I feel God's been in my life over the last few months and that's why I'm still here, I'm still positive and uh, standing up here. And that's why I've not been standing here actually either since about last May. Uh, so, okay, let's just have a quick look back at um, Psalm 77. So, um, and it is kind of the biblical version of Footprints in the Sand, so um, it starts off with, I cry aloud to God in the, day of, in the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. And this is where we're talking about waning faith and being spurned by the Lord and not being able to see what he's doing for us. Do we sometimes feel like that? I cry aloud to God and he will hear me. Um, how can we know that God will carry us how will, know, how will we know that he's going to be there for us? So, verse 10 says, I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. So, rather than questioning the Lord and trying to work out what he's doing in our lives, um, where are we? And, and as this, I will appeal to you. And the most stretch out his right hand, saying, and I'm not sure whether this is David or which psalmist this is. I can't remember now. Is it on? Um, in fact, I don't know whether it's... No, I haven't got the top of the Bible reading. But... Um, Rather than trying to work it all out for yourselves now, 
what, what he's saying is, I've actually got evidence of what Jesus has done, what God's done in my life before, and I use that to um, make sense of what's going on at the moment and to know that he's there for me because of what he's done in the past. <clears throat> so I'll ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. You are the God who works wonders. And the most powerful bit probably is, is, is what, what we just covered near the end. So God, instead of carrying his people on the beach, um, he actually carried them through the sea. So... Um, I think it's that verse 19. Yeah. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Or Aaron. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> God doesn't necessarily take us the easy route. He doesn't take us down the beach. He doesn't take us following those footsteps. He'll take us through those stormy times. He'll take us through those waves that come crashing over the beach. Uh, because a... It's proof of his, um, it's proof of his power and his faithfulness, um, and it also shows how helpless we are and how dependent we are on his strength, um, and it's a testimony for his deliverance, and it helps us to learn as well. So if we if we spend all our lives walking down beaches, following a pair of walking with a, uh, with God down the beach, um, we're not going to learn. If we have to go through the stormy times, that teaches us how to cope with life, and how God's there for us. Uh, right, so I've just got a few little Bible readings which um, uh, about God being there for us. So Joshua 1.9, which I started off the service with, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, and that was just after Moses' death, so it, it was trying to um, calm the people at that time. Matthew 28, verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is when Jesus had just gone out, just commissioned the disciples to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Um, we know that he'll be with us too, always, till the end of the ages. Bit of Revelation 21 verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. So God never promises to keep us out of the valleys or to take over the valleys. But he does promise to go with us through them. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, and then Zephaniah, um, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exult over you with loud singing. He is the mighty one who will save. And if that wasn't amazing enough, he'll rejoice over us with gladness after repentance and repentance and faith. And finally, a bit more Joshua, um, an earlier verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So God will be with us now. 
God will never leave us or forsake us in the future. And that's a promise found throughout Scripture for those who are God's very own. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then surely God was with you in the past. He is with you now, and he will always be with you and never leave you or forsake you, even though we might forsake him at some time. <clears throat> oh, you don't. Um, just uh, so I can have a breather, we're just going to uh, listen to a bit of music now that Andy's got. So this is a song called Rooftops by Jesus Culture. Um, probably could have done it last week, actually, when we did the commitment service, um, um, because actually it's, um, it's about celebrating uh, God's love and celebrating um, uh, our... Let me find the words. Um, shouting out from the rooftops um, that we are his and, and he is ours. It's just that celebration. So have a listen to this, Andy. Thank you. Uh, you are mine, I am yours. So it's not a particularly new song, that. It's been out a few years, but um, it's just a great celebration, that is. Just... Okay. Um... Somewhere in here there's an order of service. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the road to um, Emmaus now. Um, no. I've just completely lost the order of service somewhere. There it is. Good. <sighs> so, can, um, so this is about Jesus with us. So we talked about God with us. This is Jesus with us. Um, and if I could just ask Fiona to bring the first half of the reading. Thank you. reading is Luke 24 verses 13 to 24 on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Luke 24, verses 25 to 35. He said to them, how foolish you are, 
and how slow you believe all that prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these, these things and then enter, the, enter his glory? And beginning with Moses, all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were, were opened and they recognized him and he dis disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, we're not, we're not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They came up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There, there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus recognised by them when he broke the bread. Amen. Thank you. So, I kind of, oh, can you put that, um, pick that other picture up, please, Andy? I think there's only one. Yeah, the road to a mouse. One of the, one of the various paintings. Some of them probably a bit more realistic than others. I think I've seen one painting where Jesus has got a great big glowing band around his head, and you think there's absolutely no way they couldn't recognise Jesus walking down the road with that on his head. So, but yeah. Anyway, the road to a mouse. Um, and I wasn't intending to do two sermons as such. Um, so I shall be fairly brief with this one. It's just that, that <clears throat> Emmaus seems to be on me, in my mind quite a bit over the last 12 months. It just keeps cropping up. So I just felt God must be putting that um, on my heart to say something about it. So um, and just sort of uh, share a few thoughts on the road to Emmaus. Ser sermon's an interesting uh, a word, really. So I'm clearly not a preacher. And when I write down sermon on here... I have a feeling that I should come up, turn up with kind of um, um, dry ice, smoke canisters, um, <laughs> lightning bolts, and uh, some kind of uh, special effects throwing flames out. So I kind of see this more as a, a big house group, and we're just kind of having a bit of a chat, and I'm sharing a few things um, in our large house group. So uh, <clears throat> let me get rid of that. Okay, so the road to Emmaus. <clears throat> So this is two men walking the seven miles, it's a fair old trek, so it's probably a good two or three hours walk um, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, um, shortly after they've been told that the Lord has risen. So uh, one of them's Cleopas or Cleopas, however you pronounce it, not sure the name of the other one. Um, and bizarrely, they go on this seven mile walk, um, this man joins them and they don't realise it's Jesus. And... Uh, and it's sometimes, I just wanted to kind of um, compare this with our faith. How sometimes um, we don't see Jesus in our lives 
but is there um, in a similar way to we were talking about footsteps earlier on. So first of all, the walk was filled with doubts. So they'd heard that Jesus had risen, but that just seemed to be impossible. They couldn't get their heads around that. <clears throat> they probably saw him carry his cross up to Golgotha. Um, they probably saw him crucified. There's no, no way anyone could live through that. So doubt had clouded their minds in the same way as it clouds ours at times um, and clouds our faith. But when things seem to be impossible, we must remember that Jesus specializes in those things that seem to be impossible. And if he says he'll do something, then he can count on it. So he told all his critics that we would rebuild the temple in three days, and that's what he did, and his word was fulfilled. So as they're walking along, we find them deliberating over the truth. They talked together of all the things that had happened. And whilst they did that, Jesus joined them on their journey. They didn't recognize him. Um, they were trying so hard to come up with an explanation for what had happened that they didn't actually see the resurrected Jesus walking beside them. And sometimes we're so blinded by the things in our lives that we don't hear God or see Jesus in the things we do. There are a lot of distractions. And uh, <clears throat> that can happen. And then they're discouraged with Jesus. So they were so hoping he was the Messiah, the Redeemer of Israel, um, Verse 21 of that reading says, We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. So have you ever questioned your faith? Have you ever been discouraged with Jesus? Certainly the disciples have been. And then we find them despairing in the faith. So verse 24, And certain of them which were with us went to the uh, sepulchre. Uh, sorry, this is Luke 24, verse 24. And found it even so as the women had said, but him, him they saw not. So even after hearing it from Peter and John, they still couldn't believe it. And a lot of times we get so lacking in our faith that we can't even see the truth right behind us in front of our eyes. But having said all that, they wanted to hear more of what this stranger had to say. Um, and beginning with Moses and the prophets, they explained to them what was said in all the scriptures. So how amazing to have the very man that the churches are centered around walking with you and explaining those scriptures to you. That, that must be incredible. Um, and the penny still didn't drop. So in the end, they wanted the strangers to stay with them so badly that they nearly forced him to stay. They wanted to hear more. Jesus wanted to stay with them, but he wanted to be invited in, which is what we need to do. We need to invite him into our lives. The more we hear about the Jesus, the more we'll want him to stay with us. And then they delighted in what they finally saw. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together. <clears throat> So just to kind of summarize that, if you relate this story to your journey in faith, um, and sometimes our walk in faith is filled with doubt, sometimes we deliberate over the truth, sometimes we're discouraged with Jesus, sometimes we despair in our faith. But if we want to hear more of what Jesus has to say, we will delight in what we finally see. Amen. So um, let's just pray. Okay. <clears throat> Almighty God, just let's um, just uh, as we go from here today, let's just think about your presence in our lives. Let's think about those footsteps on the beach. 
Let's think about that road to Emmaus. Just help us to really see you in our lives. Support us, carry us, and walk with us um, every day. Um, just let us feel your spirit, let us feel your presence, and let us feel your support and guidance. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Over to